Hello listener and welcome to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Thank you so much for finding time to join me. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangin. Maureen Komboka is on standby with a family life segment. Today, she'll talk about marriages as a living picture. Brother Steve Rundu will also be joining us during the Bible segment. Today, he'll talk about building the kingdom. Stay tuned for this and some songs which in store for you. Here is Adventum coming in symbol with the song, My Jesus Will Supply My Needs.
is the New Life Program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Get ready to listen to Maureen Komboka with the Family Life segment. Be blessed. Listener, I want to welcome you to our marriage series, The Abundant Life. Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And dear listener, I believe that this full life includes even our marriage. And we will be happy today if we remember that marriage is a living picture. Do you realize that a Christian marriage is a testimony, a living picture of Christ's love for his church? It displays an important biblical message. The relationship between a husband and wife in marriage models the gospel. When explaining a Christ-centered marriage, Paul says in Ephesians 5 verse 32, this mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. The role of husband and the wife in a Christ-centered marriage is ultimately to point our hearts to the gospel of Christ. This statement was made by Rick Pidcock from an internet article entitled Having a Christ-Centered Marriage. You can see this throughout the Bible where marriage is referred to as a living picture, a living example displayed through those who are married of Christ's love for the church. Christ is the bridegroom. You see, a man who marries is to be a living example of Christ the bridegroom. And the church, that is people, are the bride of Christ. Therefore, a woman who marries is to be a living example of the bride of Christ. Now, Jesus takes very good care of his bride to the point that he sacrificed his life on earth for her. He showed us through his example how to sacrificially love. When we enter into marriage, we become models of God's love in how we treat each other for the world to witness. The bridegroom, that is a married man, is to respond to his bride as Christ does for his church. He is to sacrificially love her in his words and actions. He is to be faithful as Christ is faithful. Christ is then given the opportunity to display his loving nature through this man by how he treats his wife. The bride, that is a married woman, is to show her loving respect to God through how she interacts with her husband. This is all a part of being in a covenant relationship with God and her marriage partner. She is to be faithful to her husband as unto the Lord. Think about it. It's got to break the heart of God when we distort his picture of marriage by mistreating each other. As author Charles Shedd pointed out, God wrapped his words around the relationship of marriage to describe God's love and relationship with the world. What does it say to the world of God's promise to the church of his love, faithfulness, and devotion for them when we hurt each other as husband and wife? 
And what example, what message are we giving out to others of the transforming power that God can perform in lives and marriages when we as God's living examples don't even utilize that power? It is a sad testimony that so many Christian marriages today are so weak and unhealthy. We have personally known so many people who have expressed a disinterest in knowing Christ because of the nasty ways Christians treat each other and those around them by living unfaithful, dishonest, and dishonoring lives. If we, as people who claim to know Jesus Christ in a personal way, cannot act extraordinarily loving and gracious towards our marital partner, what makes others who don't know Christ think he'll change their lives and marriages for the better in any way? As believers in Christ, dear listener, we are God's representatives. His love with skin on, demonstrating through our marriages that God, whose very name means love, can take two self-centered individuals and help us to love beyond ourselves to the glory of God. Dr. Max Lucado underscores, A good marriage is a canvas on which God can paint a picture on how he's able to bring harmony. It's so God can unite two hearts so that somebody somewhere can look at that marriage and say, Wow, look at the work God did here. And that includes a whole lot of forgiveness and grace. In other words, Marriage models the gospel message. It makes visible the gospel reality of Christ's love for the church and the church's love for Christ. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 3 that as followers of Christ, we are a letter written on hearts, known and read by everybody. Therefore, we are to show that we are a letter from Christ, written not with the ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. So what kind of letter are you writing in how you treat your spouse that others, including your spouse, can read? Are you writing a love story that shows God's transforming power or a war story of fighting, contentiousness, and self-centeredness? For further reflection, dear listener, read the following Bible verses. I'll read them slowly so that you can write them down. Proverbs 5, verse 21. Romans 12, verse 9 to 19. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. 1 Corinthians 13. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 2 and 3. Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2. Ephesians 5, verse 25 to 33. 1 Peter 2, verse 12. 1 John 3, verse 11. 1 John 3, verse 16. And 1 John 4, verse 7 to 12. And dear listener, ask the Lord to speak truth to you as you study His Word. Our prayer for you today is that you will show love to your spouse in such a way that the world will know that we are Christians by our love and that God will be glorified in how we live our lives. 
May God's richest blessings be upon you and upon your marriage as you live for Him and enjoy the abundant life in your marriage. You are tuned to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. This is your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Our producer would love to have your thoughts about this program. Please send to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 422-76-00-100, Nairobi, Kenya. You can also reach us through AWR Nairobi at ek.adventist.org. Let us now listen to Adventum coming ensemble with the song, Nani Kama Yesu. Yeah. 
is another opportunity to get some spiritual nourishment from Brother Steve Rundu. Welcome, Brother. Building the Kingdom In the book of Exodus, chapter 25, verses 1 to 40. We, st- we see there a history where the covenant of God was confirmed to Moses and later on the offerings for the tabernacle. Verses 1 says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering for me from each man whose heart prompts him to give. These are the offerings you are to receive from them, gold, silver and bronze blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins, dyed red, and hides of sea cows, acacia wood, olive oil, for the light species of the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, and onyx, uh, onyx stones, and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece. Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them and make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. As you go down, you see the ark being introduced and the table that was made by acacia wood. Then we see a lampstand of pure gold and hammer, the hammered out, you know, the base was the base and the shaft being made and the flower like cups, buds and blossoms shall be of the peace with it. God gives specifications of everything that was in the tabernacle. The Israelites were instructed to build a house for God. They were to build the tabernacle and all its furnishings using the finest materials they had. As will befit the Holy One, the plan straight from the creative mind of God and being handed down through Moses And so they began building the tabernacle and all its furnishings. In a route of shin, color, and so they began texture and fragrance, the the people came bringing their gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarns, and fine linen, skins, and hides, spices, and incense, precious stones, and, and scarlet yarns, and gems. In a comprehensive and intense act of worship, the Israelites gathered their gifts and brought their most valuable assets. Those assets assets may have represented their life savings. Perhaps they were the very same gold and silver objects that they had carried out of Egypt during the Exodus. Perhaps the precious stones and gems were heirlooms that had been handed down for generations and were irrepressible. At the labor, this was no weekend home improvement project. The offerings represented an imaginable effort. The women probably spent years preparing linen threads and yarns, spinning and dyeing and weaving to make the cloth for 11 curtains that were each 45 feet long and 6 feet wide, as per uh, Exodus 36 verses 9. The men likely worked in, in, in the men likely worked interminable months. Cutting, cutting and holding and planning acacia wood for the framing of the tabernacle that was to be 150 feet long and 50 feet wide. Think of the investment of time they made butchering 
and refining, tanning, skins, and making leather that was soft and fine. All this they brought willingly, and the question therefore is why? The answer to that question is because God asked them to, and because their hearts were moved to give. They brought all these materials as a free will offering, as you can see in Exodus chapter 35 verses 29. How did they do it? One will ask. Renaissance inventor, scientist and painter Leonardo da Vinci says, Where the spirit does not work with the hand, there is no art. And God had filled them with the spirit, with skill, ability and knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of artistic craftsmanship, to do all kinds of work as craftsmen, designers, uh, embroiderers and weavers. Perhaps more importantly, why did they do it? In Exodus 25 verses 8, God promises, Have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them. With a promise like that, who will throw heart and soul into making the tabernacle a dwelling place to welcome God into their midst? Brethren, I ask you to think about it. You and I will not be called to build another tabernacle, but we are called to use our God-given gifts of creativity with our heart's energy pointed to the kingdom of heaven. Every time we use a skill to create art, to make music, to nurture a child, to heal an illness, to write an article, or to generate wealth, we do it because God has given us the talent and training and the life breath to do it. Ask yourself these questions. Do we use the gifts in worship of the Creator, or do we take the credit? In what ways does our work show others a glimpse of the kingdom? And do we do all to, be, to welcome the Lord to dwell amongst us? I ask you to think about those things. When God gives us skills and talents, can we not use those skills and talents to create an altar in our hearts to worship God? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for these many gifts that you've given to me. I pray that you may teach me how to use those gifts and skills correctly so that my life can be an altar of worship for you. Thank you, Lord, for your love and for your mercy and for your forgiveness for our prayed, trusting and believing in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. That brings us to the end of our program for today. I hope that you've been blessed. would like to have your views, comments, or questions about this program by writing to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi.ek.adventist.org.